tnholler.com is where everybody can subscribe support all that good stuff we have hollers all over the state thanks to you guys so i really do appreciate that one of the things that we do here at the holler is we holler about the people that are up to no good here in our state and there's one guy in particular that has been on our radar calls himself a pastor i don't like to call him that i don't really consider him to be one i think of him more as a grifter greg Locke out of mount juliet and he has been doing things like telling his flock pandemic is fake telling his flock that trump is still to this day actually the president these are not victimless today we're talking to chip whose uncle was a member of greg Locke's flock a member of the church caught covid and and sadly passed away chip thanks for joining us today what can you tell us first of all about when did your uncle first get involved with this church the first time that we actually they invited me and all that i had seen greg he was out in the woods railing against the lgbtq community you know having gay friends and being in the music business and being in the arts and then in, in, in my own family you know a niece a, a brother-in-law you know people that you love and i realized early on that you can't judge anyone from one aspect of their life i mean i don't i don't give a damn what anyone does in their bedroom as long as they're consenting adults and there's not children or you know whatever anything like that involved so i never understood all this railing that the church does so he was on my radar before i think they started going there my cousin actually he was at my house the week that his dad got sick and we were talking about you know he was trying to get his mom to take unc to the hospital made reference to the point to the fact that it, like going to church there was like kind of like going to a political rally as opposed to church and then he had told his you know his his mom and dad like that it was a QAnon church they needed to just accept the fact that Biden was president but that was my introduction when they started going there my sister and her daughter started going they were involved she had her son involved in the youth program and they thought it was wonderful and I couldn't get past the screaming I was ready in, in a cult. Although my dad was a rather dignified pastor for that cult that we were in, there were a lot of screamers. I'm talking about by the you know 15, 20 minutes into the message, spits flying, hair is messed up, they're banging. You know, it, it was, and I just remember sitting there as a child, going, "What in the hell is going on here?" Big awakening at around age 11. It wasn't for me. The cult thing uh, really throws up red flags for me. And, and any, anytime I see someone who has all the answers, who you're not supposed to question, you know, in our denomination, Greg wouldn't even have been qualified to be a pastor because you couldn't be divorced and be a pastor in our cult. Your life had to be exemplary. And even if it was hypocritical, no one knew on the surface, what people saw, there, there were major qualifications. Divorce and adultery was two of the things that, you know, you got ran off quickly. It's really hard to watch some of my family that were raised kind of like I was able to just like disregard all of that that they were so strong about. How open was this discussion in the house about the church, about Greg Locke? Was this taboo to discuss? I mean, when my uncle invited me, you'll love Brother Locke, and I'm telling you, you'll, you'll love him. And, and I was like, Unc, I, I can't stand to hear him talk. Like, I, I, I've watched too many videos of him railing. My mom used to go visit because she loved her brother, and he would ask her. And, and, and you know, my aunt and uncle were very involved. You know, my Miss Billy is my aunt, um, and she's known as a prayer warrior over there. My niece took my mom and 
my sister to see Roger Stone give his testimony there in October. COVID was raging and I was telling mom, please tell me you're not going to go over there. They're not socially distant. Well, honey, we're going to stay in our car. And then she wound up calling me and saying that they had gone in the building, but they were, they had their masks on. Of course, over the holidays, my whole family wound up with COVID anyway. My brother and I were the only members of our immediate family that didn't I mean, get COVID. When, when you watch this guy, and I'm going to play a clip for people just in case some people don't know exactly who this guy is. But when you, when you watch him, I mean, I can't help but think like, how do people not see through this stuff there's so much vitriol and anger this is a clip of him basically saying that biden is not president joe biden gets uh, let me just say inaugurated <laughs> he didn't if you think joe biden's a president you're smoking a lot of meth in your mama's basement there's no doubt about that I don't care what the right wing people say tomorrow. They get me on Twitter everywhere. This guy doesn't believe that Joe Biden is the president because he ain't knucklehead. How do people not see through that stuff, Chip? I just don't it's understand. It's willful ignorance. And I particularly had this conversation with, with my mom. My mother is such a tender read. You can crush her easily. She's full of empathy, compassion, carries spiders outside. And so it's real hard for me to reconcile that, that she has been bamboozled. I don't understand what the appeal is, but, but I, my point was the piece that you guys showed, whenever he said that Biden's not president, I mean, they all stand up with their Bibles and their scriptures. Yeah. It's like, what is, I mean, God's like, what, what Bible are they reading too? Like, that's the thing that I think is so troubling. It's how they've commandeered the Bible. You know, they've somehow seized the mantle of Christianity when it's actually nothing to do with the message. It's such a bastardization of what Jesus taught. The word evangelical, it triggers me now. The word Christian kind of triggers me. There are actors and there's dishonest actors. When dishonest actors are purporting to be honest actors, the lack of integrity makes it impossible. There's an agenda. They're following dispensationalism, which is relatively new doctrine to the church that they've embraced. And it's basically an end times cult. They're going to try to usher Jesus back in to do his thousand year reign in, in Jerusalem. It's like they're going to do everything in their power to make it happen in their lifetime. We weren't taught any of that. That when the world ended, you know, the Gabriel was going to blow the horn, the eastern sky was going to split. And if you were a believer, you're going to be caught up in the air, you know, and all of it. And when I say it, you know, it's, it's like telling the story of the art. I am a believer. I'm a believer in the innate goodness of people if they will let that flourish and they will feed that instead of going somewhere where, where you are thrilled and you're able to be angry and you're able to espouse your views and your anger is acceptable and you, you can scream with the masses and rage against the machine, whatever they want to call it. It has nothing to do with, with the gospel. It's all acting. Yeah, it I, is. I'm singing the uh, Friends in Low Places, who my friend Dwayne Blackwell wrote, and he changed the lyrics to blame it all on my roof. Right, he's a performer. Uh, now we've got the camera, so now we're in seersucker ties and suits. And That's how Trump is also, though, right? I mean, Trump, too, is a performer, and he kind of goes where, Absolutely. You know, where they, they encourage him to. I mean, he has no real ideology other than what gets the cheers. And, and so, you know, they lean further and further into that. His two flips of a wooden nickel, and... And he, he used a, a, that line again about um, you're smoking meth in your, in your mama's basement. Yeah, that's his line. Vaccine was anything more than sugar water. This week, it was you're smoking meth in your mama's basement if you believe Joe Biden is still president. And yeah. all jumping and carrying on. It is so triggering because I had to do that for 17 years of my life. I went to church camps. You know, I, 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 I've seen things that, that people wouldn't even believe of. Demon possessions where they prayed for people. And then, I mean, I've seen people foam at the mouth. I mean, there's something deeply rooted with that kind of fundamentalism. And, you know, Frank Schaefer says that 
you know, the, basically the evangelical become like the American Taliban. This is your, your uncle, Coburn Kennedy, when you heard that he had COVID and it took him some time to go get help. What, what was that period like? Uh, he got COVID. He came home from church and he was sick and he went to bed. He and my mother talked a couple times a week. They were, they were close in their own way, as much as they could be with all the family dynamics. So he had called my mom like on Wednesday or Thursday, I think. She was worried about him. She said he, he's, he was like barely able to talk. He was kind of like really high up in the register and you could hear him struggling to breathe. And he said to her, Arlene, how, how long does this horrible sickness last. She said, just listen to him talk. She said, you need to go to the emergency room or the doctor. And he was like, no, I'm, I'm going to be all right. Our family, for the first time since COVID, Saturday before Easter, we gathered in my nephew. He bought a new house over off Couchville Pike, and it's an old 1900s house. And so we all were together. Everybody's vaccinated or had it, so we were safe. And my mom was very melancholy. And I said, what, what, what's wrong? She's like, honey, I just... I feel I've got a bad feeling about Coburn. So I called my uncle. He didn't answer the phone, but about five minutes afterwards, he texted me and said, can't talk right now. And I texted him back and I said, uncle, please go to the ER, go get some monoclonal antibodies, go do some, do something, do, 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 do this for yourself, please. He never responded until about five hours later and he, he put thank you shit. And that was my last correspondence with him. On Sunday, his son called me and he said that he had gone to see him and he wasn't doing much better and that he had told his mom that if he wasn't significantly better that he was going to call the ambulance himself. It's like they didn't want to admit that he had COVID. You know, first of all, it was a hoax. Then it was not a pandemic. He didn't know what a pandemic was, but this wasn't it. And then when they got a vaccination for it, it was sugar water. So why would you care if, if, it's a, if, if it was a hoax? Mm -hmm. Why are you worried about the vaccination? So much of it doesn't make sense. It's like a cognitive disconnect with people. I told my cousin, I was like, call the Amazon, get him to the hospital, give him a chance, you know, because he'd already been sick for a week. So on Easter Sunday, my cousin called me back and he said, dad's on his way to the hospital. When he got to the hospital, oxygen saturation, I think was 88 in the low 80s, which is not good. And they admitted him. They asked his wife to take a COVID test and she wouldn't. On Monday, when I texted my cousin and said, how is Unc? And he's like, he took a turn for the worse this afternoon. They had to put him on a ventilator and a feeding tube. I knew. I started grieving then. I just did not have a, a good feeling. She refused the, the, the COVID test from what I understand from my cousin. And then on Tuesday, she was having problems breathing. So she was in the hospital. And after five days, she got to come home. And my uncle had died Tuesday. My cousin texted me. He's like, well, you're not going to believe this. I'm in the hospital and out of COVID. His mom is still, you know, just days out of the hospital. Unc had died that Tuesday. I would love to have gone to his memorial service, but I wasn't going to go there. I protected myself and my family as much as I can. And it was more than just the fact that I could potentially get COVID because I would have worn a mask had I gone. But I, I couldn't subject myself to the ranting and the, and the hollering. And all. I, I couldn't. I couldn't do that. In your mind, do you feel like where he went to church was a contributing factor in the result? I absolutely think that it was a contributing factor because when you deny something, the whole world conspire. It's a level of insanity that just, I don't know. And the, and the really infuriating thing was after the piece ran, Greg was all over the place and told CNN to see their bus in court. CNN is about to find themselves in a courtroom with Pastor Greg Locke and Global Vision Bible Church. I got off the phone with my attorney before I did this video. We will win. 
He said he didn't lose any sleep. They were going to rejoice when you're being persecuted. The Bible said to rejoice. He was sitting there having his, his Dunkin' Donuts with his seven creams uh, and five sugars. To me, it, it's just entertainment. He called us fake family like we weren't mourning. He said, dear CNN, you are liars. We will rejoice and not back down. There's a reason you only used fake morning interviews from quote unquote family that had zero to do with this dear man. Why not his kids? Why not his wife? Because what they said destroyed your narrative. See you in court. And then your daughter responded, I'm his fucking family too. They did speak with his son, his wife, and his grandson for Greg to say otherwise is a complete lie. And then how dare you, Greg? That's my family you're talking about. The only liar here is you. I'm going to go ahead and believe your daughter on that one. Our family was very musical. Two of us were born perfect pitch. My oldest sister and myself. You know, we sang in church from the time we were six three and, and two. You know, by the time I was 11, I was writing songs. I, I, I wrote a song when I was 11 that wound up getting cut just a couple years ago. I knew the lingo because I was in church Sunday four times, Wednesday night. You know, being raised on nothing but, you know, kind of bluegrass and gospel. And, and did you and your uncle connect on that stuff? Oh, absolutely. My, my uncle took me to my first nightclub. I would go to his band rehearsals. I would play keys. You know, this is like when I was 11, 12, 13. My dad didn't know about it because it wasn't allowed. My mom, would, when she would get away from dad, would kind of let, let me go hang out with my uncle. He was the one that told me, he's like, you need to get yourself to Nashville. You're incredibly talented. You know, we wrote songs together. We had the same sense of humor, sarcasm. It's one of the happiest memories of my life. Mm -hmm. That's how I remember him. The, the, the church, their embrace of that and the infatuation with it and all that. I mean, we couldn't talk about it. I mean, when he would tell me that I would, that I would love Greg, I'm like, dude, I, I can't. I can't even stand to listen to him. I said, there's an arrogance. I can feel the energy that somebody sends a text in. You don't have to be looking at me or talking to me to hear your voice to know what your spirit is. We couldn't really just dis dis discuss that because I just, I wasn't going to go. I haven't talked to him since all of this. Uh, you haven't? I, no, I have not. My cousin was supposed to talk with Ellie. There was, a, there was an interview set up. Greg and, talked him out of it? Well, I mean, I, I, it would certainly appear that way because, you know, when he got the tummy ache and got nauseous and the Holy Spirit told him that he was walking <laughs> yeah. crap, how convenient was that? And suddenly, you know, you know, my cousin canceled his interview. There were no lies. You know, he is my uncle. He's my mother's baby brother. He's been my uncle for the 63 years of my life. I've sung with him. I've loved him. I've gone to family reunions with him. I appreciate you doing all this. And, you know, I know it can't be easy to talk about this stuff. If you were able to say something to Greg Locke, what would that be? If he could find just a modicum of humility, some tenderness in his spirit, some recognition that my uncle's life mattered for it not to be swept under. I mean, it was so strange, Justin, having people argue with my daughter. This one guy came out and said, Mr. Candy died with cancer. No, he died with COVID. And he died because he, he, he laid there believing he had been taught so long that it, that it wasn't real. And then when he finally got it, you know, they had been told not to take the vaccine because there was fetal tissue in it. There, there was that whole thing. You know about that. You saw yep. that. Yep. This happened and he died. And it's like no one took the time to acknowledge really him. He died on Tuesday, on Wednesday, night i did watch the streaming service because i wanted to see if they were going to acknowledge that he had died my family was in church if i had lost my brother or if i had lost any member of my family i wouldn't be in the church service the next day did they acknowledge that he died and what he died of tay got up and she said um you know it's a very sad time for our church right now you know uh we lost mr coburn what a loss it was to the church that they, they kind of 
consider him one of the, I would have to go back and look at it all. Playing this sad music, there's a hole in my life. There is a rip in the fabric of my soul that will never be repaired because he's gone. And I personally believe had he been vaccinated, he would have at least had a chance to live. Had he not laid for a week sick with it, you know, calling my mother and saying, how long does this sickness last? And us saying, please go to the, the hospital. He would have had a chance. But I do believe that the years at that church, constant bombardment of misinformation, yes, I do, I do believe that it contributed to his death. And that's just my opinion. I can't prove it. But I can't prove that he was my uncle. My mourning isn't faith. We're not a faith family. Chip, do you want to end with a song here? I see you sitting there on that piano. This is a song that I wrote with my brother and my uncle. It's called Back Home Again. So I'll do that in his honor. This is an 1857 square grand pre-Civil War that I have. I love it. I have to, uh, in my heart of hearts, believe that that's 
Burrito's. Really, really nice, Chip. Chip, thanks so much for sharing that with us. Thanks for sharing your story with us. Deeply, deeply appreciate it. I'm so sorry for your family's loss and for your loss. And we've seen a lot of people who have responded to your story and appreciate that you're speaking out because they've gone through similar things. So it really helps to show people they're not alone. So I thank you for that. I thank you for the opportunity. And it's very nice to meet you. I've been following you guys for your voice of uh, reason out there. Really very grateful. Thank you and stay in touch, my friend. That was Chip Davis sharing a story with us. Greg Locke is one of people that has been on our radar for a long time here. Another one, Gigi Gaskins, that runs Hatworks, which we're now calling Hateworks. I think most of you probably know, but just in case you don't, she posted this on their Instagram page. Picture of her wearing a yellow Star of David patch, basically equating people who aren't getting the vaccine shot with Jews and the treatment of Nazis and the Holocaust, which struck a chord with me. I think if you followed us for any amount of time, you know that my grandparents survived Auschwitz. My mother lost a brother in the Holocaust. So like, it's a pretty near and dear subject for me. And so we posted that. I kind of knew when we posted it that it was going to make some waves. I didn't quite know how big the waves were going to be though. Pretty quickly, it became a national story. NBC News pick it up. They included our tweet in there. Then we had people start showing up physically. <clears throat> signs at Hatwork saying no Nazis in Nashville. Nashville does not tolerate this stuff, which is one of the things that I really dig about the city. Unfortunately, you know, not all of the state is Nashville. There probably are a lot of people who also agree with Gigi, but the backlash was swift. Hat companies like Stetson coming out and saying that they were cutting them off. I just think it's really important to name and shame these things. You know, she eventually apologized, but I think it's too little too late. This was not the only thing that she had on their feed. She also was at the insurrection. This is a picture she posted. I don't know what's going to happen to Gigi Gaskins, but I do know it's really important to name this stuff and shame this stuff and show that love is stronger than hate. And I really think that Nashville did that. So follow us at the TN Holler, also at all the other hollers all throughout the state. Stick with us and let's keep yelling the truth. Tennessee. Woo. Yeah. Tennessee. It's a tennis.